Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We stay the course! We are dead! We are all dead! We're supposed to make the world a better place. What happened? I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! I know Kung Fu. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! This whole thing is insane! This whole thing is insane! 300 years ago, you'd have been burned at the stake. What do all men of power want? More power. This is now the United States of Zombieland. This whole thing is insane! Man is evil, capable of nothing but destruction! Everybody is stuck with the things that they're not proud of. More power. Welcome to the desert. Of the real. More power. There can be only one. Are you a God-fearing man, Senator? You're such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of is me. Happy heresies and welcome to the desert of the real heresy shouldn't be this much fun but it is it just is especially when you get the audio version of AB Live this one episode 51 raw uncensored and unfiltered just like the truth you've been looking for across all your existences supercharged by stellar audience participation we were joined by Micah Dank, author of Into the Rabbit Hole series, and arguably today's leading authority on astrotheology. Get ready for Star Maps, The Procession of the Equinoxes, General Mythicism, and your favorite biblical characters as zodiacal narratives. 
awesome astrognosis, as they say. As a bonus for patrons and AB Prime members, I'll include one of my favorite interviews with the mother of astrotheology herself, the great and late and sorely Miss Acharya S. In this interview, we covered astrotheology, but also the cult of Orpheus, and how it is one of the main tributaries that flowed into Gnosticism. And Acharya argued for the pre-Christian origins of Gnosticism too. It will blow the last vestiges of orthodoxy from your psyche. You will always live and live in the stars for me, Acharya. I'm so grateful to those of you who support this red pill cafeteria. And I hope I have been a good servant of Sophia to you. Your support and company keep me going. Don't forget the Finding Hermes program and my voiceover availability. Whether it's an audiobook, commercial, podcast, or an audio broadcast of any type, I can bring starry results to your project. June brings more high-octane gnosis, with shows on the Cathars, Mary Magdalene, the Dead Sea Scrolls, the truth about the Virgin Mary, and an interview with a band member of the legendary punk group, The Dam, coming out of the Gnostic closet, and much more. We need Gnosis more than ever, needless to say. You won't find this high-quality Gnostic and Hermetic wisdom, or guess and their unique insights anywhere else in cyberspace or even meat space. But enough of my short drivel. Let us to our latest AB Live with Micah Dank. For someone who was never meant for this world, I must confess, I'm suddenly having a hard time leaving it. Of course, they say every atom in our bodies was once part of a star. Maybe I'm not leaving. Maybe I'm going home. And we are live. Welcome, everybody, to AB Live, to AM Byte. Welcome to the desert of the real. And yes, we still live in a world of warm leatherettes, birdie num num, and nipples for men. Can we solve this these issues uh, by looking at the stars? Well, we're going to find out as we are very excited to have Micah Dank tonight. In the desert of the real. Micah, thank you for coming on. Thanks, Miguel. I really appreciate it, bud. Oh, it's great to have you here. For those of you who might not know, Micah is the author of the Into the Rabbit Hole series, and he is arguably, or perhaps without doubt, today's 
leading researcher and expert on astrotheology, uh, of a discipline, an aspect of mythicism and the esoterica in general that has had some great minds, although some of these minds are no longer with us or have uh, moved on to other pastures like Acharya S, who is, uh, oh, I still miss her, and she passed away in uh, 2000, let's see, same year Ellie was born, so 2015, and other figures have just moved on, like Tim Freak and others, to other things. So but Micah's work is so important because, well, we really need to see the truth, we need to see the stars, and we need to find our place in the stars as uh Matthew McConaughey character said in Interstellar, we spend our time looking at the dirt instead of looking at the stars. And uh, that's where Micah come in. So uh, thanks for being here, Micah. Thanks, man. Uh, it's uh, It was good on our, our other podcast that we did. Um, a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, yeah. And I'm looking forward to showing your fans. Um, my work basically, or an intro to my work, basically. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot to uh, unpack, that's for sure. And uh, I'm very excited because I was looking at some of your books, and uh, you're doing very well. People really like your work. I'm so happy this topic yeah, is in, has interest. I haven't been getting a lot of pushback because it is controversial. You know that the pushback has been incredibly minimal um, in regards to this, and it. I, I expected it to be a lot more controversial, but it's not. People are reaching out to me all the time. They love it. They get, they order the books directly through me instead of Amazon. Uh, my publicist currently has it in the hands of a TV producer who's reading the second book and he seems interested. So we're, we're, we're exploring further things that way. I should have an update on that in like a week's time. I'll message you privately and keep you posted on that. Um, Cause what I've done is I've taken all this information that I'm going to share with you guys. And I've written it in a six-book thriller series, much like Dan Brown's uh, Angels and Demons or Da Vinci Code, very similar to that writing style as far as uh, uh, decoding and uncoding all these hidden mysteries. Awesome. Yeah, that's really good news. Yeah, keep us posted. And yeah, I remember there was a time where astrotheology and mythicism would make both sides of the aisles angry, both the atheists and the, you know, fundamentalists, because if there's no, if this stuff is on earth, how are you going to fight over this stuff? But that's the whole point. It's supposed to bring us together in lightness and uh, really mm -hmm. see that we can be more, I feel about this stuff. But with us too, we've got the Moondog Vance. Vance, are you in the stars? Or are you down on earth? Finally, I'm <laughs> somewhere in between. <laughs> yeah, I looked up at the clock and whoa, you know, <laughs> I had to make a quick landing. Ground control to Major Moondog. Well, I'm glad you're here, man. Good to see you. And good to, uh, good to see the audience starting to appear in the different chat rooms. I got Nate, the occult fan. Always good to see him and see what he has to do. Chester, how are you? And as always, we will get to your questions. If you have any questions for Micah. Uh, please write them in all caps or throw a whole bunch of question marks there uh, for Super Chats. Of course, we will bring you at the top of uh, the list. And yes, it's always good to be supported, just as you should definitely support and get Micah's books for sure. So, yeah. well, first of all, Micah, let's uh, start with you. How did you get so interested in this sort of niche 
uh, field, if you would. So uh, I am from Long Island, <clears throat> where I live again now with my wife and our lovely home. And um, what I did was about eight years ago, I was with uh, someone else and I had moved to Boston for a new job. And while I was, that's why my characters are all from Boston and they recognize a lot of Boston stuff from there. I have a lot of family in Boston too. Uh, I moved there for a new job and this was in like 2013. So this was around the time that the second iPad, uh, the iPad had come out. The iPad came out with the camera. It was the first one that came out with the camera. So I was on it basically. My, my uh, ex was, uh, she was watching TV a lot, you know, and uh, cause we didn't really know that many people up there at the time. And I was basically on the iPad going down rabbit holes and I came across Jordan Maxwell and who's, who's an ancient, I've been trying to reach out to him, but unfortunately his health isn't too well. Oh. Um, but basically uh, I found out about him. And then my friend Charles sent me a video about Santos Bonacci right. and it just, blew, it just blew my mind, you know, the, the work that he was doing. And so I studied it. I studied it for four hours, five hours a day for maybe like a year like every day, four or five hours a day. And then when I was comfortable enough into it, I started applying what I knew. Uh, what I started to um, apply is basically all the stuff that I'm about to show you right now, which is basically decoding verses, which is something that a lot of people don't do. Um, they they know the, 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 most people are familiar with Zeitgeist. And then a lot of people say that Zeitgeist has been debunked. That's not entirely true. There's still plenty of good information in Zeitgeist, but uh, it's a good intro, you know, good intro to it. Yeah, God, yeah, Zeitgeist was an amazing film. Uh, God, it's been a while. It brings up so memories, so much memories. Well, awesome. And uh, do you want to get started now with the presentation? Uh, obviously, I have my questions, and of course, I don't know if your presentation will include uh, The Secret Book of John, but that's something we can deal with later. We have plenty of time. Well, I actually have a thing on the Secret Book of John. I actually did. Uh, okay. I did decode that as well too recently. I was on Rex Bear's Leak Project. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, no, you never heard of him. He's got a pretty big channel, and I was uh, on him, and I was talking about the Secret Book of John, uh, which we can talk about. But basically, if I were to start by asking you what you think the oldest writings were on Earth, what would you say they are? Uh, the Vedas. <laughs> maybe yeah I, will, I would i would probably put my money on that and obviously hinduism is completely dominated by astrology right absolutely um but i would suggest to say that maybe cave paintings okay when mm, you see sure. how they are and we're talking about we're talking about intelligence we're not just talking about um etchings and carvings of like penises on on the walls you're not talking about you know shit like that you're talking about like things that have like a deep resonating information to that. So everybody could see the PowerPoint presentation that I've got over here. Are we sure that's no, okay? Let me see. Uh, how do I do this? Uh, do you see it? Vance, do you see it? Yep. It's there. I see it. It's, okay. uh, now, is, is it large gotta, enough? Yeah. You got to blow it up so that it's in presentation mode. So max, you got to maximize it. I have no idea. Yeah, there should it. there should be a little um, icon there where you can uh, go into presentation mode. Oh, it has to be from your browser, I believe. Hold on. Does does this help? That's better. Better. Much better. Yeah. There should oh, be yeah. another one that just makes it just the presentation. You don't see all the icons and buttons. But can you but can you see this right now? 
Yeah, 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 so uh, yeah Cow, Las Cow Caves, 40,000 years Beautiful. Ago. So now I'm going to go over this with you guys. I can't see you guys right now, but I can see my presentation. So let me just go over this, and when I'm done with the presentation, I'll close it out. So the Las Cow Caves are these caves that they that, that are in Las Cow, France. That's why it's called the Las Cow Caves. And they're about <clears> – <throat> they carbon dated uh, – them not the caves the caves are obviously much older but they carbon dated the drawings on the walls which you'll see in things like this these are some of the things they found in the back of the caves and you'll see the bull on top you'll see the many faces of the lion on the right you'll see the horse at the bottom but in astrology you know that the bull is taurus the lion is leo and the horse is sagittarius okay so what they did was they carbon dated this and they found out that it came back to about forty thousand years plus or minus five thousand years so mm -hmm. give or take 35 to 45,000 years ago. And what they did was they brought in a scientist or an astronomer, I should say, with a computer. And they rewound the sky back because we have programs that can do that right now. It's not just Neil deGrasse Tyson bitching about Titanic and the stars not being <laughs> We actually have the ability to do this right now. So, Hey, you were quickly, I think uh, you have a slider on your top, uh, bottom right. You could go from 70 to 100% if you wanted. All right, hold you on. You see that? Yeah, I just don't want to cut anything off. No, see, that's yeah. You're right. You're right. Never mind. Sorry, I'm just trying. No, 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 no. I appreciate it because now I know I can do that. Um, <laughs> I'll continue. So, I'll go under slideshow. Go up there under slideshow and start the slideshow, and then you'll get the whole screen will be your slide instead of all the other stuff. Well, I need to be able to jump from slide to slide. So, oh, you just I, use your arrow keys. No, no, no. I need to be able to jump all over them. Oh, yeah, right. okay. yeah, 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 please continue. No worries. Anyway, so basically, they carbon dated this and they found it. They brought an astronomer in, they were around the sky back. And what they found was when they superimposed what they found from the stars, they found that when they put it over this cave paintings, they found that the tor the bull was exactly where Taurus was 35, 45, 40,000 years ago, that the lion was exactly where it was, that the horse was exactly where it was. So we've had, as a human being society, functional knowledge of the Zodiac for at least that I've found 40,000 years. Okay, so they've known about this for 40,000 years. Now, they try and tell you that the earliest writings are like Sumerian that are like 6,000 years old. That's like the earliest writing. Anything besides right. was just like scratchings and just cavemen <laughs> and, and, and all that kind of nonsense. But no, they had a functioning knowledge of the Zodiac, which is super important, which I'm going to go into. So you have questions in the Bible, how Jesus was able to heal the blind, how he walked on water, how he turned water into wine why he had 12 disciples, why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, why he was dead for three days, why is his birthday on December 25th? Now, all of this can be described with astrolo astrologically, astrotheology, which we'll get into. But if you go to Genesis 1.14, it says, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let there be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. And that's exactly what the Bible is. The Bible is an encoded farmer's almanac in, for all intents and purposes. <laughs> and it's important to know that because for thousands of years, the ancient people had nothing to do but look at the stars with no sky pollution. And they would have to know when the sun was going to come up and sun was going to go down. Because when the sun goes down, they'd have um, all sorts of like animals would come out at night and try and kill them. They weren't quite out of the food chain yet, you know? And, um, They'd have to know when to plant during the season because if they didn't, then when they when they had to uh, when they had to actually harvest, they wouldn't be able to do that either, and they would starve at the end of the year. They wouldn't be able to pack the bread and the and the wine and the grapes and the the oils, the olive oils. They wouldn't be able to pack all that stuff uh, 
to basically hibernate in the winter. They had to know when winter was coming. They needed, mm -hmm. they needed to look at the stars and know this stuff. So in order for you to understand how to decode the Bible properly, what I have to do is go through the 12 signs with you and tell you what words to look for in each sign. I'm going to make this make sense for you guys, I promise. And I'm sure you're familiar with some of this, but I'm pretty sure you're not familiar with a lot of this. So um, what I basically do is I start with Aquarius. That's the first sign, just because basically it's January and uh, it's just it's just the sign I start with. So the first sign that I talk about is Aquarius, which is represented by the man with the water pitcher. As you can see, this guy with the nice ass and the water pitcher pouring <laughs> the water out. Okay, and what you uh, what you what, what basically it's a story of Zeus and and Aquarius. Uh, this story of Aquarius goes back to Zeus, who saw a fourteen year old boy on Earth. This is true. Well, I mean it's not true, but this is the story. He saw a fourteen year old boy on Earth. And he wanted him, but his father wouldn't give him up. So he ended up giving him a ton of money, a ton of animals, this and that. He brings the boy up to heaven. I'm speeding this up a little bit. But basically what happens is the boy has this water pitcher that's full of what's called ambrosia, which is the nectar of the gods. It's what the gods used to drink. And he would feed it to these gods. And then eventually he got fed up with it. And then what he did was he went to the side of heaven and he poured the water pitcher out. He poured all the contents out like you see here in this sign. And what it did was it caused the flood. That's where the Greeks get their flood story from. Everybody has a flood story. Then the Greeks, that's where they get their flood story. And Zeus pissed off at the guy, at this at this boy, uh, was set to punish him. But then he reflected on it and realized that maybe he kind of like took the boy against his will a little bit. So he, instead of punishing him, he immortalized him as the sign of Aquarius. Mm -hmm. So that's how you uh, baptize someone is with a pitcher of water like this. So whenever you hear baptism or John the Baptist or fountain or water or something of that nature, water related, then they're talking about Aquarius in the Bible. Now, I know that Aquarius is actually an air sign. OK, but however, when you decode it in this, OK, Pisces is two fish in the water and Pisces is actually a water sign. But. Aquarius is an air sign, but because there's water in this sign, they use it to talk about water. Then Pisces is the sign of the two fish in the water. Then Aries is the ram, and in Aries you have March 21st, which is the spring equinox. It's a 12-hour day, 12-hour night. It's also the Passover, or the passing over of the sun over the equator. That's astrotheology, is the passing over of the sun over the equator, and that happens on March 21st. And it begins its rise back up to its height in the summer solstice, where God's kingdom. Okay, And what uh, the Jewish people celebrate their version of the Passover, which is God passing over Egypt and smiting the firstborn children, the 10th plague, uh, in order to let them get out of Egypt. In Christianity, the passing over is changed and it's called the resurrection of God's son. So you have basically the Passover and the resurrection happens in Aries, both of them. Mm -hmm. okay? You have Easter and you have Passover, both in Aries. And that's why it happens. And Aries, incidentally, is the ram. That's why the Jews blow the ram's horn to the skies, because they're the people of Aries. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then Taurus is the bull. And when you look at the sky and you see Taurus during the season where it's supposed to be, you know that you need to put the plow on the bull. So you see the bull in the sky. You have to put the plow on the bull on Earth so that you could plant. Okay. We're in, uh, well, we're in Gemini right now, but we were just in Taurus. So you would have just planted just before. So you can harvest in Virgo and Libra. Then Gemini is the twins. It's the story of Castor and Pollux Troy, whose sister was Helen of Troy. That's the story of Achilles. That's another Greek story. 
then cancer is the crab and it's the sideways moving creature. So what I mean by the sideways moving creature and why cancer is the crab is because the sun rises starting on December 25th, a degree on its axis. Then on December 26th, it rises an additional degree and then an additional degree. And then it does this every single day until it hits June 21st, which is the summer solstice, which is the height that the sun is. It's the longest day of the year. Then for three consecutive days after June 21st, it rises on that same degree. Then on June 25th, it lowers a degree, and then it continues to lower a degree every single day until it hits December 21st, which is the winter solstice. That's in Sagittarius. That's where the sun dies is because it's the shortest day of the year. The sun doesn't rise at all on its axis. And then just like in June 21st, for three days, it doesn't rise on its axis. Okay, so it, it, it walks sideways three days twice a year. Okay, and it's also why God's son was dead on June twenty on December twenty first, and then why God's son was dead for three days is because Jesus represents the sun. This is going to make a lot more sense too as we go. But basically, you have Leo, which is the king, the lion, the king of the jungle. The ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun. So when you're talking about the kingdom of heaven being near, for example or the kingdom of heaven on earth, okay? The sun is in its ruling planet. Jesus is in its home in Leo. Then Virgo is the woman holding the wheat stalk like you see in this picture over here. So remember before when I said you plant in Taurus, right? Well, right. the virgins would cultivate the wheat in Virgo. That's why it's a, it's a virgin holding the wheat stalk. It's always a virgin, okay? And then they basically, they you plant in Taurus, you cultivate the wheat in Virgo in order to make the bread for the year. So whenever you hear words like uh, seed or yeast or barley or wheat, things of that nature, they're talking about Virgo because that's when you collect. Okay, then Libra is the justice. It's the scales, it's the balance, it's the just one. And the reason it's justice is because it judges God's son as it passes over the fall equinox and begins its descent into winter, into cold, into death. Jewish people always celebrate their new year around the fall equinox. And interestingly enough, uh, because Libra is the judgment, it's the judger, it's the judging, okay? In Libra, uh, eight days after Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year, you have something called Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. It's the Day of Judgment. It's when God judges all the Jewish people. They go to the temple at the beginning of the day, and they spend the whole day there, and they don't eat or drink, okay? Because they're basically fasting and praying to God that he's going to keep them in the book of life for another year, okay? Libra is also wine season. Okay, so you plant the grapes in Taurus, you press the wine in Libra. So whenever you hear vineyard or thornbush or uh, vine or grapes, they're talking about Libra. So it's that. They're also talking about judging, judgment, tax, divorce, things that have to do with law. Okay, that has to do with Libra. Also, it's also olive season in Libra. Okay. So that's when they basically press the olives to get the oil, okay? So you have Virgo, which is the bread, and Libra, which is the wine. You have the bread and the wine. Then Scorpio is the scorpion, and he is known as the betrayer. And the reason Scorpion is the betrayer is because when a scorpion bites you, it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like a pair of lips. So if a scorpion bit you, you'd pull it off, and it looks like it kissed you, but it's full of poison. So that's the betrayal. It's a metaphor. Okay, so that's why the mafia has the kiss of death, by the way. And it's why Jesus was betrayed by Judas with a kiss. So the son is judged in Libra, then it's betrayed in Scorpio, 
And then finally in Sagittarius, this is where the bow and the arrow shoot the sun and inflict further punishment on the sun. <clears throat> in the Bible, it's translated as a spear going into the side of God's sun, which I'm going to explain too. And we went over this too before, as I'm looking at the rest of the notes. December 21st, that's that's death. So whenever they're talking about the death of like John the Baptist or the death of Jesus or the death of anybody, the day in the Zodiac that represents death is December 21st. And December 25th is the day that the sun rises an additional degree. That's why Jesus, that's why Tammuz, that's why Mithra, that's why Horus, all of these gods are always born on December 25th because the sun is born. It's all solar worship. So finally, you have Capricorn, which is the goat. Now, if you look at the Zodiac wheel, okay, Capricorn's at the bottom of the wheel. So if you picture a, a little sun on the Zodiac wheel climbing a degree a day alongside the Zodiac wheel, um, it starts to climb in Capricorn, okay? It basically starts to climb up the mountain on its way back to its height in June 21st, okay? And Capricorn is the goat because the goat climbs the mountain. The goat climbs the mountain better than any animal out there. Have you ever seen a goat climb a mountain? Oh, it's incredible, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know it was possible until I saw it. <laughs> what they do, yeah. <laughs> right. So basically, that's the 12th sign. So do you guys have any uh, questions or uh, comments so far? Is this all familiar to you? Is there anything new that you've learned? To me, a couple it's of things. Yeah, go ahead, Vince. No, I, I was just going to say a couple of things. Um, most of it I knew, I knew about because I've studied astrology in the past, but there are a couple of things in there that I hadn't heard. Okay, good. That makes me feel better. Um, all right, so basically now we can look at names for Jesus, okay? Different names for Jesus. These are his names that are given in temple, uh, church, okay? when the son, Him being the son of God, S-U-N of God, not S-O-N of God. When the sun's in Capricorn, the goat, he's called the scapegoat of Israel. When the sun's in Aquarius, he's known as the son of man, the sign of the man. The man is Aquarius, the woman is Virgo. When he's in Pisces, he's known as the fisherman of men. And it's also why he could feed the masses with two fish on the mount. He's known as the lamb of God when he's in Aries. He's the lion of Judah, also known as Leo. The lady holding the stalk of wheat, Virgo, he's born of a virgin and he's called the bread of life. Libra, the scales of justice, he's known as the just one. He's betrayed in Scorpio. He dies in Sagittarius on December 21st. And it's also why he's worshipped on the sun day. You guys familiar with this? Some of these, yeah. yeah. I thought he died on Good Friday, title. though. Yeah. Good Friday's not in December. What's, what's the story with that? So you have what it means astrologically. And then you have what it means in how it's celebrated in the year. Good Friday is the is Good Friday is the day that he was killed and he's raised on the Sunday, right? Right. Right. So it's in Aries because Aries is technically the first sign of the zodiac. The year starts in Aries. Okay? So the resurrection happens in Aries because it starts the same way that I just explained to you that December 25th, the sun rises a degree. That's why his birthday is there. That's why the resurrection happens in, 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 uh, in uh, Aries. Now, have you seen this picture on the left of Jesus? 
this like stereotypical cartoon version yeah. of him. <laughs> BG Jesus, yes. White Jesus. Okay. There's always there's four things that you're gonna want to look at. Okay. You have the sun behind his head, you have yeah. his two fingers that are up, you have the heart outside the body, and then you have the the crown of thorns around the heart. Uh the heart or the sun, I should say, is always behind Jesus because he represents the sun. Every picture of Jesus, he'll be behind the sun. Sometimes there's a cross in the sun, a Knights Templar cross, but usually he's the sun is behind him. If you find that you look at uh, Horus from the ancient, because he was the Egyptian sun god, he'll have the same thing too. The sun's always behind his head. The two fingers up are an ancient comedic peace sign. That's an Egyptian peace sign. The John Lennon uh, this, the John Lennon this, Right. Um, that is uh, the British victory war sign. It's a separation of two. This is peace. Okay, that's the ancient peace sign. So whenever you see uh, Lucifer or Baphomet, statues of Baphomet or even Jesus, they all have the two fingers up. It's because they're peaceful. Then the white Jesus picture is actually a guy named Caesar Borgia, who is the bastard son of Pope Alexander VI. See, before then, before this pope, there was no depiction of Jesus. There was no picture of him. But what happened was Pope Alexander VI, basically Rodrigo Borgia, bought his way to the papacy. Mm -hmm. And he never got married. Popes didn't get married, but they all they used to have kids. They, they did. They just did. That's just a fact. And uh, Pope Alexander VI had this son, Caesar Borgia, and he declared him the face of. Now, Pope Alexander VI and Caesar Borgia lived during the time period where the printing press just came out. So they were able to spread this, these pictures of him. They were able to get these drawings and spread these printings of him. No, that's very cool. And uh, from what isn't uh, Cesar Borgia based on Machiavelli, based uh, the prince on him, I believe. Have you have you Googled the picture of Caesar Borgia? It's the same face. It's the face You're of right. Jesus. You see it? You're right. Yeah, yeah. It's the face of him. Now, the crown of thorns around the heart represents the, the, the rays of the sun. Jesus was crucified with a crown of thorns around his head. The crown of thorns always represents the rays of the sun, okay? Because it's a metaphor. And the heart outside of it represents the human torus field, the toroidal field. We have a six-foot toroidal field that juts out of our body uh, that intermingles with other people when they're within six feet. That's why the elites are trying to keep you six feet apart during this pandemic. It's so that your toroidal fields don't interact. You ever had somebody sneak up behind you or come up behind you and you can just sense them? It's not because yeah. you have a sixth sense. It's because they broke your toroidal field and you, you literally sense them. You literally sense them. So those are the things you'll always see in pictures of Jesus. And I just explained that a little bit. Now, if I were to start going into some decodings, which is what everybody wants me to do. Have you heard of the phrase pride comes before the fall? Yeah, that's Paul. Okay, can you, well, one of you guys, can you describe it to your your fans or your listeners? Pride cometh before the fall? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Paul's already, oh my God, I got somebody mowing the yard outside. Yeah, that's Paul's obviously talking about if you go with your ego first, uh, things are always going to go bad for you. Right. That's what people usually take it as. That's how you, yeah, that's, yeah. How you that's how you decode it literally. However... Do you know what a group of lions is called? A pride. Yes. Exactly. A group of lions is called a pride. Pride is the lion. Lion is the sign Leo. Leo's in July and August. That comes before the fall. 
the season of the fall. So oh, that's how it's, yeah. that's how it's coded astro- astrologically. Okay, I'll give you another example. In uh, Micah 5.2, which is my namesake, by the way, but you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Now, each house, each zodiac sign is called a house. So the picture on the left is Virgo. So that's the house of Virgo. So Micah is saying that the Savior is going to come from Bethlehem. In Hebrew, Bethlehem is a combination of two words. It's bet, which means house, and lechem, which means bread. So the house of bread. Well, the house of bread is Virgo with the wheat stalk, the virgin. So what they're really saying here, encoded, is that the Savior will come from a virgin. Makes perfect sense, yeah. So I've basically, I've given you the keys to begin to decode and to understand what you're looking for in each sign. I'm going to read you a passage right now. I need you to count out how many signs you see within this passage now that you know what words to look for, okay? Got it. Deuteronomy 32, he gave them honey from the cliffs and olive oil from the rocky ground. He gave his people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. He gave them lambs and goats. They had the best rams from Bashan and the finest wheat. They drank the best wine made from the juice of red grapes. But Jeshurun became fat and kicked like a bull. You see how many signs are just in that one passage? Yeah, a whole bunch of astrology right there. All the animals, kicking the bull, everything. Yep. Now, here's the other thing that I didn't go into. He gave them honey from the cliffs. In the sign Cancer, there's a group of stars called the Beehive Cluster. So that's where the honey comes from. Okay? So that's in Cancer. He gives people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. That comes from the Milky Way galaxy, okay, which was known back then. Um, And that is centered in Sagittarius. So your land from Cancer to Sagittarius, that's where you get your land of milk and honey. Very cool. Mount of Olives. Jesus led his, and so I'm going to now show you how things are encoded in the Gospels, okay? And you got to picture the Zodiac wheel when you look at this. Jesus led his disciples to the Mount of Olives after his last Passover so he could teach them a few more things, pray, then wait for Judas to betray him. While walking to the Mount of Olives, he gave the parable of the true vine. So Passover takes place in Aries, okay? Where right after that, he walks to the Mount of Olives. I'm just following the story. Going from Aries to Olives, which are in Libra, you just cross the Zodiac. You just draw a line across because they're opposing signs. It's very important. When you're decoding things, they're always either talking about their opposing sign or their neighboring sign. Always. It's never going to be two random signs that they just talk about. Okay? They're in Libra now, and they're waiting for Judas to betray him. So they crossed over. That's the opposing signs. And now in Scorpio, that's the sign after Libra, so that's the next sign over. In Libra, he gave the parable of the true vine or vineyard or wine press, which I mentioned is in Libra. So that's how this is going to start to get decoded when we when we go into the book of Matthew in a little bit. What do you guys think so far? Yeah, I was wondering what the, what's the uh, connection to olives? Did I miss that? Uh, the yeah, olives. Well, you, you, it, it's called. There's a there's a phrase for it. And it's escaping my mind right now, but it's basically like the hard press. I think it's called, and um, that's when olives are pressed in Libra. So you have you have the grapes pressed in Libra. Go to any vineyard 
in uh, September, October. It's full. The grapes are ready to be picked and, and crushed. Okay, so it's along with the grapes. Yeah, you did mention the grapes before, but all right, makes sense. Right, okay. So, Revelation 4-7, the first living creature was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third had a face like a man, the fourth was like a flying eagle. <clears throat> the first living creature was like a lion, Leo, the second was like an ox, Taurus, the bull, the third had a face like a man, Aquarius, the fourth was like a flying eagle. So, in astrology, okay, the Scorpio scorpion is the belly crawling creature, much like God commanded the snake after the betrayal the initial betrayal, mm -hmm. to crawl on his belly as a punishment. The scorpion crawls on his belly is the lowest form of life on earth. However, its evolved form in astrology is the eagle, which is the highest flying creature on earth. Then the eagle's evolved form is the phoenix. And what is the story of phoenix but the story of uh, Jesus and the story of the sun? It's basically this flaming ball that lives and lives and lives, and then it dies, and then it's reborn from its ashes. It's the same story. So basically, you have Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, and Scorpio. Those are the four fixed signs of the zodiac. They're dead in their season. Okay, when you when you have the zodiac wheel and you connect the solstices and the equinox, you get a cross, and it's a perfect cross. That's the cross that God's son lives and dies on. Okay, these four make an X through that cross, so it's a perfect celestial alignment. Then Revelation 12, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. It's important to know there's people that believe this is literally going to happen, that there's going to be a <laughs> giant woman in the sky who's going to give birth and a dragon's going to attack her. Like this is, this is what people believe. However, watch this. A woman clothed with the sun is the sun clothed in Virgo. Okay. So we have a 24 hour day clock and we have 12 Zodiac signs. So just by doing simple math, the sun spends two hours a day in each sign. Okay. Make sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. So now the sun is clothed in Virgo. Okay. If the sun is in Virgo, that's roughly about 4 PM. So that's still middle of the day. So if mm -hmm. the sun is in Virgo, the moon will be at her feet because the moon will be down when the sun is up and the sun will be down when the moon is up. Make sense? Yeah. Okay. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous dragon. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. The constellation Draco is the dragon. And I have the picture on the left right here. And you can see his tail. It's enormous. Right. It goes from Aries to Sagittarius, which is four twelfths of the signs or one third of the stars out of the sky. These are just metaphors about the different constellations. Yeah, very cool. I love it. So I've given examples of astrotheology in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. I've been accused of basically cherry-picking verses from the Bible to prove a point, and that's fine up till now. So let's take a much longer passage and see if we can decode it as well. Are you guys familiar with the book of Job? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Can one, of you, of ours. can one of you guys give a quick rundown to your uh, listeners about who Job was and what his story is? Oh, of course. Uh, our audience probably knows it because uh, since we talk so much about Jung, we talk about his exegesis. But yeah, God is uh, hanging out in heaven with these his sons of God and Satan kind of floats by. 
and uh, they go on this in short, well, a short, put it shortly, they have a wager about how God is so powerful and people will worship him. So they, the, they pick uh, Job, who's uh, a righteous man, a good man, a hard worker, but uh, basically they make his life a living hell. They take away things for him, curse his family, take away his wealth, and all to, um, all to prove his faith. And at the end, I, I think, yeah, God actually repents because of all the, the bad things he did to Job. Right. That's exactly what happened. Now, what I'm going to read to you is when Job cries out to God, God actually answers him. So these are, these are supposedly the words of God. Okay. So Job 38, 32, he says, can you lead forth the Maseroth? Now, right off the bat, the Maseroth means Zodiac in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. Okay. So right away, he's saying, do you know your Zodiac? That's the first thing. Maseroth over time becomes Mazalot, which survives in Judaism today as Mazel Tov. And you know how old Mazel Tov is. It's thousands and thousands of years <laughs> yeah. old. It literally means good fortune from the stars. So what is the Lord's challenge to Job? He says, can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? And you see the metaphors there, but those are obvious star connections, right? Bind the mm -hmm. chains of the Pleiades, loosen Orion's belt. Yeah. Okay. Sure. All right. Now he says, can you bring forth the constellation in their seasons or lead out the bear with its cubs? The constellations are the Zodiac above and the bear and its cubs are Ursa Major, the Great Bear and Ursa Minor, part of the Big Dipper. Then he says, who can tip over the water jars of the heavens? That's Aquarius. Do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger for the lions? That's Leo. Who provides food for the raven? That's the constellation Corvus, which means raven and borders on Virgo. Do you watch where the doe bears her fawn? Mriga, which means deer, is located in Orion. Who let the wild donkey go free? That's a Celis Borealis, meaning donkey, and is located in Cancer. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? That's Taurus. The wings of the ostrich flap joyfully. That's Lambda Achille or Althaliman, which means two ostriches in Arabic. You, you see where I'm going with this, right? Yeah. Okay. It's all there. You give the horse its strength. It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. The quiver rattles against its side along with the flashing spear and lance. Sagittarius with the bow and the arrow. Remember how I mentioned spear earlier? Yeah. There's two important murders, the two most important murders in the Bible. You're Jesus, and he's hit with the spear of destiny to check if he's dead. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Cain and Abel, the first murder. Okay, and what does Cain do? Cain smashes a rock over Abel and then buries him. Well, in Hebrew, the name Cain actually means spear. Okay, so they've encoded that in there too. Oh. Then it says, does the eagle soar at your command and build its nest on high? That's Aquila, which is the Latin name for eagle and is a constellation a few degrees above the celestial equator. Finally, he says, can you pull in Levethian with a fish hook? And you know what Levethian is. It was the fish god from mm -hmm. ancient times. So that's Pisces. So that's his answer to everything. You see how it's just all astrology, like across <laughs> it's the board. All there. It's all there, or as uh, Hans Han Solo said in the reboot, "It's all true." The yeah. the astral force is with us. It's all there, <laughs> and they knew it too. That's I mean, it's it's been hidden by modern times and linear thinking and more mainstream Judaism and Christianity, but uh, I'm sure you agree, Micah, they knew this. this they did. Before 325, no big deal. before 325 AD, Christians were known as Heliognostics, and Helios in Greek means uh, sun. sun, and Gnosis means knowers. They were sun worshippers. Mm -hmm. 
And they knew this. In 25 AD, they canonized everything and they made it a literal belief system. And then they raped and pillaged across the lands to bring this to everyone, converting people along the way. But the ancients knew this. This is this is how the ancients hid their stuff. They hid their stuff in the holy text. And I could do this with any Gnostic text or anything. And I'm going to show you the book of Matthew too to show you it's not just random passages or longer passages. It's also the whole gospel from start to finish. Mm -hmm. So how Jesus was able to heal the blind. Well, if he's the son as O-N of God, the, the, the flesh, uh, a man comes up to him and he puts his fingers over his eyes and then suddenly the man can see. However, okay, if he's the son, okay, when the sun goes down, it takes away your sight. But when the sun comes back up and it touches your eyes, can you not see again? Yeah. Okay. How he walked on water. Have you ever seen a sunset on a lake before? All the time. Yeah. Yep. How he turned water into wine. So the reason God is considered a man and Mother Earth is considered a female is because of God's sacred fluid. It's the rain, God's rain, the rain from heaven. Uh, in Hebrew, it's called shemen. We get the word semen from it, the sacred fluid. What happens is God's sacred fluid comes down from the heaven and impregnates Mother Earth. See, it rains on Earth, and then from her belly, everything grows. Okay? So basically, in Taurus, where you plant... And then Taurus is April showers bring May flowers. It really starts to rain and rain and rain. And then that's how you turn the water. And then it continues to rain and rain and rain. And the grapes grow. And then you pick the grapes in Libra. And then you crush them into wine. That's how you turn water into wine. It's a process. Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah. Very good. And just a quick question, Micah. Do you see any historical jesus like some said there was a guy named jesus and all this mythology and astrology i got put or do you think he was a mythic figure from the very beginning from the beginning from, from the, the beginning, beginning. Okay. from all the right. beginning i can give you countless quotes that mm -hmm. from popes even saying uh how this fable of jesus has been very profitable for us and everything mm -hmm. it's just it's 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 not real but so why he had 12 disciples? Well, each disciple is one of the signs of the Zodiac. I've already told you that Judas represents Scorpio. Right. Why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas. We went over that. Why he was dead for three days. We went over that. Why is his birthday on December 25th? We went over that too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it doesn't stop there. It's not just random passages in the Bible that can be decoded this way. We're going to go through the entire book of Matthew to show how deep this runs, okay? Now, it's important to see, you guys see that I've put the Zodiac on the left with, with markings on it, so you could follow along. We see it, yeah. Can't Matthew 3, 2, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Well, I told you the kingdom of heaven is when the sun's in Leo, mm -hmm. okay? So that would be Leo. Now, each one of the Gospels starts at one of the four major points in the Zodiac, which is the solstices or the equinox that form the cross. The closest one to Leo, right before it, since the kingdom of heaven is near, would be June 21st in Cancer. That's why I've highlighted that, okay? So that's where it starts. Then this is the firmament between Cancer and Leo, okay? It's the beginning of the kingdom. There's a saying in the Bible that says that the firmament shows God's handiwork. The firmaments are the dividing lines between signs, okay? That's what the firmament is. It's not a dome over a flat earth. Okay, the firmament is literally the separation between signs. Some people call it a cusp in astrology. Some people call them handover dates. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it is what it is. But it's basically the signs, as as God says, uh, 
signs will not transgress one another. He appointed them in order and they will not transgress one another. They will always follow suit. So basically, the next passage is Matthew 3, 4. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. If we take the most famous drawing of a man, Leonardo da Vinci's Vitruvian Man, and superimpose it onto the Zodiac, we can make sense of it. Okay? Cancer being the head. You see how the head's in cancer? Yeah. The head's in cancer. The beehive cluster's in cancer. The mouth is in cancer. So that's why he eats the wild honey. Okay, a little lower on the zodiac wheel in Gemini, this is where the clothes would fit. If you draw a line down, straight down from Gemini, it would be like the top part of him. The clothes are made out of camel hair or camelopardalis, which is in Gemini. It's a constellation in Gemini. So right now you have the head and the upper body so far. Okay, moving a little lower on the body, you get his midsection. As I've pointed out right here from Taurus, I've drawn a line to his midsection, okay, where you wear the belt. Now, what is the belt made out of? It's made out of it's made out of cow, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, Taurus represents the bull and the female is the cow, okay? And regarding the belt part, that's where you get the leather, but regarding the belt, Orion's belt sits between Taurus and Gemini. So next would be the baptism. So now how are we gonna go from the beginning of Leo to a water sign to signify the baptism? You would go across the zodiac. Cross signs as they are known are the signs opposite location. For example, Aries and Libra are cross signs. This is very important. Signs, two most important signs are its neighboring signs and its cross sign. I went over it again, but I just wanted to drill it in again. It's also important to know that if the story is stuck on a firmament, let's say the firmament between Cancer and Leo, I could talk about lions, or I could talk about honey, or I could talk about crabs, or I could talk about cubs, or I could talk about lionesses. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. If it's if 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 it's only in one sign, you can only talk about that one sign. But if it's in a if it's between the two, then they can go back and forth. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, good. Here we see how it makes a leap from one ferment to the other. The man with the water pitcher in Aquarius is personified as John the Baptist with the water. It's important to note, too, that John the Baptist and Jesus are always exactly six months apart. When you think about the fact that Jesus is born on December 25th and rises a degree a day, then that must mean that John the Baptist is born on June 24th and decreases a degree a day. This is why in John 3.30, John says, he must increase, but I must decrease. And it's also why St. John's Day is celebrated on June 24th, exactly six months to the day of the birthday of Jesus. That's how you know I'm right. Then the next story is the temptation of Jesus. So we're back in the Leo Cancer firmament. That's July 24th. Well, he's tempted for 40 days. So all you literally have to do is count 40 days. Okay, that takes you to September 2nd. September 2nd is Virgo. Okay, now watch what happens. What does the devil say? Matthew 4, 3. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Here we see mention of the bread, which tell you that the son is in Virgo. There's another section in the Bible where Jesus feeds the masses with two fish and five loaves of bread. Well, the two fish are literally the sign of Pisces, and its cross sign, which I already mentioned is prevalent in the Bible, is Virgo, the bread. So the next passage is Matthew 5, 17 and 22. I did not come to abolish the law. And if you were even angry with someone, you were subject to judgment. So this takes place in the firmament of Virgo in Libra. Okay. Because we're talking about law and judgment. Libra, the scales of law who judge the sun before its descent into fall and winter. Matthew 7, 9, 10. If your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? So once again, this being the firmament between Virgo and Libra, it switches back to Virgo. 
Matthew 7, 15, 16, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep. And can you pick grapes from the thorn bushes? Well, the sheep, as I've clearly drawn here, is that's, you know, that's a baby ram. You know, that's, that's, that's Aries. It's female. Can you pick the grapes from the thorn bushes? Well, the thorn bushes are in Libra for the wine. So those are opposing signs. That's why they do it this way. So Matthew 13, later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. The story now moves from Libra to the barrier between Aquarius and Pisces. So it was in Libra. It's just going to follow the zodiac wheel down, down, down until it hits Aquarius and Pisces. Okay. Its cross sign is Leo Virgo firmament. As it's across from Virgo, the wheat stalk, the grains, isn't it ironic that the next parables are the wheat and the weeds, the mustard seed, and the yeast? So moving right along, it comes back from Leo Virgo and to Aquarius and Pisces because they're talking about the fishing net parable. And when you're talking about the fishing net parable, you're talking about Pisces. Then Gemini is the sign of two men, technically twins. However, there's just a short mention of brothers in the next passage. He's just the carpenter's son, and we know Mary, his mother, and his brother James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. This ends at the firmament of Gemini, Gemini Cancer. How do we know this? Because look what I did. It's the border of Sagittarius Capricorn. That's December 21st. The next story is the death of John the Baptist. Okay? Then you got Matthew 14, 17, and 32, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. So we went over that already. Then this is the cross of God's son. Son, we were just in Virgo, and now next is Libra, which is law and wine, remember? What stories do we get now from Jesus? The story of the temple tax, the unforgiving debtor, divorce and marriage, and the parable of the vineyard worker. You see how these stories are put together? Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe they um, uh, they had all the fragmented stories and they put them together according to the Zodiac as a way of remembering, uh, as a mnemonic device. I mean, this is, I I mean, I have an English degree, and I don't know if it's if it's if it's just that we're getting dumber as a society, but this, wait, I'm I'm confused. You you don't think that you don't think that this was encoded this way? No, what, what I'm saying is that um, I'm saying, it, let's say it's all going by so fast, but I'm assuming that it is, you know, it is sequenced the way you say. It may have been that when they put all the stories together in the New Testament, they were originally, you know, individual tales, but in order to, you know, relate them verbally throughout the year, they tied it to the astrological science and so forth so that they could remember them. And it's a way of remembering it. So what you're describing, they would have in mind, well, you know, it's time, you know, it's time for olives and grapes and so forth and the opposing sign. And they'd remember the story by that. Well, there's, they, a couple, there's a couple of things by that, by that nature then um, that you're talking about is uh, for, for starters, um, all the Gnostic texts, the book of Enoch, the book of Raziel, the book of Thomas, all of these could be decoded the same way too. Number two in, uh, 325 AD, well, yeah, three, well, let's say 100 AD, they had something called the Council of Jamnia, okay, which was basically like a mini uh, Council of Nicaea. But what they did was in 100 AD, they didn't have the uh, Bible canonized, the Old Testament, okay? The book of Job that I asked you guys to bring up before, right. that uh, was actually the first book of the Bible, okay? That's actually the oldest book, okay? It actually predates Genesis. So they had to canonize everything now something interesting happened too is is that in the year 100 a.d when these rabbis and politicians got together 
is that there was a book that came out 30 years before in 70 AD called the Book of Mark. It's actually the oldest gospel. I only chose Matthew because it was the first gospel, you know, but the Book of Mark actually predates it by a good 30, 40 years. Mm -hmm. And it's important to know too that um, at the time when they were canonizing it, they were deciding whether or not to include the Book of Mark in the Old Testament. So there was a point where they were trying to figure that out. Now I can decode with this lineage of, 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 of information that I've shown you throughout the Bible. Okay. But the Bible was written basically because if you read it literally, it doesn't always make sense. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, but when you read it this way, it, it follows patterns. It, it's, it's literal. It, it's the original meaning. So let me just um, let me just finish these up real quick. Sure. So, divorce and marriage, the vineyard worker. We're in Libra, right? What's the next sign? Scorpio. Scorpio is the betrayer, right? The next is when Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss. That's in Scorpio, and then the next part is when Jesus is crucified on the cross, and that's the book of Matthew. And it's quite an astrological tale, that's for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you. Really appreciate the work and everything. I think it's uh, it makes perfect sense. And when we talked when we were on the the other podcast, I talk about uh, how Mark has been. There's been books written about the astrotheology and Mark and so forth. And I'd like to say too, um, the church father who gets credited with picking the four gospels matthew mark luke and john it's yeah. irenaeus in 180 and 180 ad around then and he says the four winds but it is a fact that when you look at his church in Lyons, france if you walk in he has a zodiac or his church has a zodiac all over the roof so he knew yeah. this too there's a temple Again. that they found they found a temple in um they found an old church, I should say, in Israel, in a town called Megiddo. Okay, and it was literally a church that they they like accidentally somebody broke through the floor of the actual church, and they found this other church buried under it. Mm. And what they did was, when they went down to see it, they dated it to about the third century A.D. Okay, they got it to the third century A.D., and what they found was right in the middle of the floor was the sign of Pisces. Mm. okay because it's like this the egyptians are the people of um taurus these they have the bulls with the horns with the uh with the sun between them they're telling you they're worshiping the sun in taurus then the jews become prevalent in Aries, and the egyptian people start to fade and the jews with the ram's horn and the the lamb bone on the plate of passover and the passover and all that then the Jewish people start to fade, and then the Christians come up in Pisces. You have the two fish, you have the Jesus fish, you have all this stuff. And um, now we're in the side of Aquarius. And if it follows suit, the Christians are going to start to fall off, and there's going to be a new religion. And there you have it, my beloved true seekers. The first part of our AB Live with Micah Dank. Let's continue looking at the heavens. As both Plato and Crowley said, we are all stars. As above, so below, said Hermes. As mentioned beyond the full interview, and as a bonus for patrons and AB Prime members, 
I'll include one of my favorite interviews with the mother of astrotheology herself, the great and late and sorely missed Acharya S. In this interview, we covered astrotheology, but also the cult of Orpheus, and how it was one of the main tributaries that flowed into Gnosticism. And Acharya argues, too, that Gnosticism is pre-Christian. It will blow the last vestiges of orthodoxy from your psyche. Yes, heresy is really so much damn fun. Including the audio version, this is a cool listen if you leverage the private RSS feed from AB Prime or Patreon that works in the podcast provider of your choice. So please become a member or patron for the full audio interview and the bonus, and to support this Red Pill Cafeteria. Go to thegodabovegod.com for means to assist and get the infernal rewards. Or just contact me. Whether it's Patreon or AB Prime, it will cost you about a buck per episode. And that's a deal of many lifetimes. The alternative spirituality and philosophy of the Gnostics is more important than ever might be the only way to counteract the nutsack grip Yaldibaldi has placed on the collective consciousness of humanity. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself, your true self, here in the desert of the real. Hello and goodbye, as always. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.